Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Extra Bits, our little gift for you podcast subscribers. This week, we meet Haley Sparks, who suffers from ulcerative colitis and explains how it affected her childhood. And actress Louise Jameson tells us about her new play and what it's like to be a woman nearly in your 70s and still acting. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Now, our next guest is... So she is proof that you can be plagued by ulcerative colitis from a very early age. You can have your body playing tricks on you left, right and centre and you can still be proud of it when it's been through so much. Uh, presenter, TV host, stylist Hayley Sparks joins us. Hi Hayley. Hi, lovely <laughs> to be here. Thank you so much for coming in. So tell us, for anyone who doesn't know, tell us what ulcerative colitis is and a little bit about your story with it. So ulcerative colitis is an autoimmune disease. So basically, basically the um, the body thinks that uh, in the um, in the bowel there's there's a, there's a problem and it needs to help. But instead, what it does is eats away. It sort of attacks itself. So it's eating away at the lining of the bowel, creating ulcers that bleed. Um, and uh, cause you a lot of pain and um, discomfort, rushing to the toilet. Um, and in my case, I was diagnosed at seven. And after seven years at 14, my bowel had got so sort of eaten away that it was about to perforate and I nearly died. So they had to, you know, wow. had to go through all this sort of surgery. But unfortunately, you know, I, even now, unfortunately, my sister suffers of ulcerative colitis. Even a member of your team <laughs> suffers of ulcerative colitis, as does her mum. I've, I've, I've got a handful of friends um, that have all also seem to have developed it more in their 20s which is more a uh, common time for people to suffer with the disease so sadly it seems to be something that's on the rise I don't I don't know why but um do they yeah. know what the cause of it is is it genetic is it lifestyle I, I think um they they're thinking now there is more of a genetic link especially yeah. because in families mm. um that there does tend to be a link but I think it's one of those they're still not 100% Sure. But seven is quite young to be diagnosed with that. Is that unusual to be diagnosed that mm, young? Yeah, really unusual. Um, they, I think it took over a year to get diagnosed because it was just unheard of at that age. So the doctors just kept thinking that I had, you know, like a cart or was bleeding from some sort of cart and just they really didn't cross their minds. So it was a long time to get the proper diagnosis. Yeah, yeah and a long was... time of, of feeling really unwell, like crucial times, mm. like you're going to school and how did you cope with that yeah. being a kid at school was, oh, you know, bowel issues. That's not really what you want, is <laughs> I it? I know, and that's why I talk about it now because back then, obviously, it was before the internet and, oh gosh, I'm sound so old, but like my mum was desperately trying trying to find me like a pen friend or somebody just oh, to connect with um because you do feel well back then I felt very alone so um 
I always said to myself, you know, because I always knew I wanted to go into TV and I thought if I ever have an opportunity, I'll always talk about it just because I, I feel if I'd have had that, it would have really helped me. But yeah, going through school was a nightmare. As much as my teachers were so supportive, my school was fantastic, but I had to sit at the like by the door of every single lesson that I was in. And sometimes... I'd miss a whole double lesson because I'd go to the toilet and be so in so much pain. I literally physically couldn't get off the toilet. And then even if I could, it became a psychological thing that I'd be so embarrassed that I'd been in the toilet for such a long period. I'd then have to wait till the bell went to then go back in because I just, even though no one made fun of me or anything, it was just yeah. all the eyes would turn the mm-hmm. minute I came back because I was obviously had a special pass to leave class as and when I needed to but you know occasionally teachers would forget and then they'd like tell me off in front of everyone and you'd get supply teachers and they wouldn't believe you when you say look I've got special permission and even if you'd show them like a written card what I think I had from you know my headmistress at the time they'd get quite strangely get quite funny about it or I had a pass to use the head the teacher's toilets and again I had little cards I could show everyone but they'd get it's as if they didn't believe me a lot of the time and then again that just adds to the anxiety and the more that you're stressed the more your symptoms increase Mm -hmm. and it's a really vicious circle and sort of psychologically it's really damaging because you'll get to the point where you're scared to leave the house because you just think can I get to the toilet in time are people going to understand if I'm in a shopping centre and I need the toilet and I have to push the front of the queue people are going to think that I'm rude or they're not going to take the time to read my little card and it's just it's just you know, if it's something you've never dealt with, it wouldn't even cross your mind, but it it does make your quality of life really difficult, mm-hmm. you know. So, yes, yeah, it can be quite tough. What are the symptoms? Because I'm sure, but before actually reading your story, it wasn't something that I was familiar with. So there'll be people at home going, but what is it? Is it just a need to go to the bathroom all the time? Yeah, it's like an urge, an urgency, but the, 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 I think the bleeding is, is the main one um, uh, and, and just intense, intense pain. So intense pain, bleeding, urgency and frequency. Mm. You know, I was often in the toilet up to 10, 15 times a day. Wow. It sounds unbelievable, but I literally yeah. was. You know, it, it, can get, it can get that bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. And what happened at 14 when you had to have surgery? How did that change your life? Um, so, yes, yeah, so it was such an emergency situation. Um, they didn't realise that, a bit like when your appendix is about to burst, you know, if you get it out before, you're okay. But it was at such a crucial stage. So that was really quite horrific. Um, and then I had to have a... Um, a bag, um, you know, I woke up with this bag on my stomach because I had to have that temporarily before I could have um, the surgery reversed. And I, I just couldn't believe it. And I just thought, oh, my God, my life is over. This can't, you can't expect people to live like this. So you have like a little bit of your intestine actually sticking out of your stomach and then you have a bag to collect the waste. And I mm. thought, who thought this up? I thought, I can't, <laughs> this can't be real. I can't, yeah. you know, I, no disrespect. So many people live live with, um, you know, ileostomy and colostomy bags, but, but this is my 14-year-old yeah. mind talking. And I thought, this is a joke. I thought, like, they, they can't expect me to live like this. But as I started to get better, you know, it gave me my life back and all of, you know, it took a long time, but I'd been on really, really restricted diets because back then um, they thought, you know, you couldn't have dairy, sugar, wheat, etc. So I barely ate any food. Um, I was on tons of steroids, so my face puffed up, my body hair grew, um, my growth was stunted. Obviously, I got to the point where I couldn't go to school anymore. Um, and then so it's awful as waking up and sort of having this bag was... 
over the course of the next sort of, six months, once I started to heal, I didn't have to rush for the toilet. I came off mm-hmm. all my steroids. My, you know, I had a growth spurt and I could suddenly eat ice cream and chocolate, toast <laughs> and all the things that just suddenly taste like they're from heaven when you haven't eaten them. <laughs> so it was amazing, but I was very fortunate that I could have um, reversal surgery, which is just pioneering and unbelievable that yeah, they... Yeah, is this common? Because I didn't think when you were living with things like colitis, I didn't think that there was a cure other than having the... The, the stoma bag, one of my best friends has got colitis and she suffered and still suffers oh. like you. And and I, she's never, as far as I know, been aware that there is an opportunity to have this amazing surgery. So you're colitis free now, are Completely. you? Completely, yeah. And I, I also didn't know and, um, you know, it was, I don't know whether things have moved on since then, but I was almost at the point of, you know, I was just about to die and then all of a sudden, you know, it was rushed in. Whereas I feel that the surgery, everybody who I now know and support who's had the surgery like me, it's so successful and I do think it should perhaps be an um, an option for people mm. a bit earlier on because, you know, I just literally, I had no life. I literally had no life. I absolutely was, I'd given up all hope of of anything it was it was terrible and now you know I I live like a completely normal person um I have full control Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a tv presenter I work in travel so I travel travel around the world doing um, documentaries and I'm eating food in Taiwan and all these different countries and you know all the things are heightened for me because I couldn't even go on school trips or walk to the news agent to get a newspaper like little things and then all of a sudden your whole world opens up and you think oh it's, it's it's like a miracle, and obviously I'm so incredibly grateful that I've had the opportunity to have this surgery. But, yes, from my knowledge, if you have Crohn's, unfortunately with Crohn's, they don't give you the reversal because it can affect any of your bowel. Mm-hmm. But if you have colitis, it's just the large bowel and the small bowel, which I've got, isn't affected, and that's why I've been able to have the bag removed. They reconstruct this little pouch from your own intestines, so you back up um, inside, so you've got somewhere to store... And then you can just go to the toilet in a normal way, have complete control. I mean, I, you know, some friends, I, I know that they're, we're called pouch patients, they have their little <laughs> internal pouches. Sometimes I think they can be a little bit more sensitive than others. I'm incredibly lucky because, as I say, you know, the majority of time I don't feel any different to anyone else. So I feel like a, a miracle, to be honest. Mm. One of the things that I love talking to you is that this is such a you are just kind of so happy to talk about it. You're like, yeah, this is it. I have this problem and I'm going to talk about it. And we had Deborah James on the show quite often and she always talks about living with bowel cancer and she's like, I'm just going to talk about poo because nobody wants to talk about oh. poo and you just have to. <laughs> yeah. And do you think, do you, has this kind of li- growing up and living with this condition, has it just made you like, this is our human body and it does weird things and I'm just not going to be freaked out by it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I was incredibly embarrassed at school. Mm. Like I said, it was it was just awful. And I, I just, I did sort of feel so ashamed and so different and like the odd one out. Yeah. But of course, obviously, as you grow up and you realise that everybody has different problems. And I think, like I said, my main driving factor is, you know, I'd never want, if I could... If I could have had, like, just somebody that I could connect with or somebody in the media or anyone, I would have just sort of thought, 
I'm not mm. alone. And do you know what the power of for all the negativity of social media? I've I mm. genuinely I have people connect with me and say I'm just um, I've just watched one of your travel programs and um, I'm about to have the reversal surgery and I was really scared but now I'm I'm so looking forward to it because I see how well and healthy you are and you've really inspired me and you know I, people contact me on Instagram and um, one friend that I have he, he's had my surgery but other multiple problems bless him and he said I haven't left the house for 10 years but this is the year you've inspired me I'm going to do it and now I get pictures of him and his dogs on the beach things like that and I think you know what you just can't be embarrassed because and my mum always used to say to me Hayley however bad things are for you you know there's always someone out there who's suffering more than you so if you can try and be positive and think about you know what you do have Mm -hmm. and also I think you know if you it's satisfying mm-hmm. to be able to help other people, even if it's in a small way. So I think, well, I'll shout about it because I'm not embarrassed, <laughs> you know, at all. Hayley, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us. Thank the fantastic you. Hayley Sparks. It's been lovely oh, talking to you. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks, ladies. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Badass Women's RXL with me, Harriet Minton, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton and our next guest, star of stage and screen, Louise Jameson. Hello, Louise. Welcome. Hello. How Hi. lovely to be here. I'm a big fan. Oh, <laughs> thank you for coming in. You said, I've literally just come off stage and you have literally, literally. just yes. come off stage. I, I very nearly came in costume. <laughs> oh, we would have loved it. It was that quick. Yes. <laughs> Tell us what you're performing in at the moment. I'm performing in a absolutely fantastic play Vincent River written by Philip Ridley okay. uh, it's an um, poetically written epic piece about hate crime set in a very domestic um, s- circumstance I the play starts with me inviting my stalker into the flat Ooh, so we wow. hit the ground we hit the ground running and the adrenaline just gets higher and higher throughout the evening is it based in modern day? Is it sort of reflecting situations going on at the no, moment? No, uh, um, 
tragically, no, it was written 20 years ago, but it, it it's it's still extremely relevant. We've taken out all the timeline quotes, so it could be, it yeah. could be modern day. Mm. But uh, isn't it sad that, you know, hate crime's mm. on the rise by... In the last five years, we were told in rehearsal it had gone... Uh, hate crime has gone up by 78% in the last five years. Really? I know. It's phenom- It's a, it's an extraordinary statistic. Yeah. I've only been told it. I'm not, I can't back it up yeah. with, you know, where it comes but from. But I, yeah, I think a lot with all of uh, Brick, what's going on politically, yeah. Brexit has, has somehow facilitated it, it, yeah, it yeah. hasn't it? I yeah. mean, the racism mm. and the hot on the heels of racism comes homophobia. Yeah. One of the things that I think has been really interesting to me in the last few years has been this rise of people saying what they want to say. I want to say it. And without thinking, and I feel I have uh, people who said to me, well, you know, we couldn't say this before because it was seen as un-PC, but now I'm going to say it. I think, God, I really want to go back to the days where we were afraid of being un-PC. Mm. Those were nice, where people PC, were nice. Yes. But you can find people to support your argument now, can't you? So if you do have a, a slightly backward or uneducated viewpoint, <laughs> you can just go on the internet and you can find 100,000 people who've yeah. got the same thing. So then why why should your opinion change? Because all these yeah. people agree with you. Put yourself in your own echo chamber. Yeah. I mean, I'm as guilty of that as anybody. I've got, you know, the I get trolled occasionally on Twitter and it's there's that wonderful block button. You could just mm, yeah. yes. Can you my ignore life. it? Thank you very can much. Can you ignore those trolls? Oh, or yes. you can, okay. Yeah, I get accused of having diamond studded slippers the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my pink fluffy ones from a well known a well known supermarket. <laughs> I wish I did have diamond studs. <laughs> <laughs> what drew you to the play? Uh, do you know what one, one in every 20 scripts lands on your doorstep or in your inbox and you and it takes your breath away you know I started to read Vincent River and I I thought I'll just I'll do five minutes and then I'll finish it off tomorrow and I was still there an hour later I just could not put it down it is beautifully written and I think the theatre is is the safest place to discuss the darkest subjects the most dangerous Mm -hmm. subjects and if you can't debate hate crime there where can you it's part I think the theatre is part brothel part church it's it's sexy and it's divine and it's and that combination is you know I feel so privileged to have done this all my life Mm. to have been part of this since I was 17 um and then, and to have become more and more political over over my career and over my private life, and I've just it, so this play it entertains. It's it's got a little bit of a whodunit element. It's incredibly profound and complicated about mother son relationships, uh, the generation divide. It has loads of that wonderful old fashioned East End humour, um, and to have been given this at. 68 is just glorious. So I want to come back to that point. But yes. just Trafalgar Studios is is where um, this is showing at the yes, moment. Yes, yes. One of the things uh, I've noticed about uh, theatre is the intimacy. And it's uh, I went there and it felt that it's quite an intimate space where you really get drawn in to yeah. what's going on on stage. Uh, and we're in Trafalgar too, which it could not be. I mean, it's it's just a bit bigger than this studio and the audience is closer than you are to me now um 
How they, does that compare to being on a on a bigger stage where actually you can't really see the I audience? I think it's scarier. <laughs> I am very short-sighted, which helps a lot. <laughs> but it does, and the acoustics in that studio are brilliant. Mm. So, you, I mean, you can literally hear a page turn. So when we were doing the dress rehearsals, it was terribly off-putting because you could hear them writing the notes. <laughs> and your head goes, oh, what have I done wrong now? <laughs> Um, so if somebody, you know, coughs or crosses and uncrosses their legs. Mm. But what what is brilliant about the intimacy of that is that it's like they are they are flies on our wall, mm. the audience, and they they kind of breathe with us. I, I've never quite experienced anything like it. You've done a lot of TV in the past, haven't yeah. you? EastEnders, yes. Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah. That, <laughs> how does TV compare? I mean, you know, they're really like big TV shows to be in. Uh, how does that compare with your with your theatre work now? Do you prefer TV or...? It's an interesting question and I, and I do get asked it a lot. I, I think it's entirely dependent on the script, to be honest. If a good script comes your way and you can, you can have a good team around you, you know, a great director that's looking for truth and not sensationalism, mm. then then I think it's that's that's what decides it for me. At the moment, I'm thinking, oh, I wish I was doing a telly. <laughs> Weeping and wailing eight times a week. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, because TV, I suppose, is more high churn, right? So you yes. have less rehearsal time. Yeah. But yeah. then you you constantly new scripts. Yes. where And you can do it and then pick up your check on Friday. You don't right. have to keep doing it yeah, over yeah. and over again. Yeah. How have the scripts changed as you have gold so there's we talk a lot in the media about female representation mm -hmm. on tv and on stage mm. and particularly female representation over kind of Certain 30s age. yes what do, how have you found it i think that the tide has turned oh wow yeah. i think when you look at shows like amelia mm, like yeah. uh, the globe has a 50 50 policy now mm. that the, the all-female Julius Caesar, yeah, Queen Lear. I, I just think it's... I, I think we're winning through. Do you know what I also feel? I was looking through Netflix and I was, I was thinking that Netflix exactly has got really thing. good at diversity, inclusion, women playing... Un, you know, older women playing mm. unexpected roles, mm. like not playing into the same old, same old. And I feel like now mm. I'm watching a lot more stuff mm. that it looks different and feels different in a really positive way yes. so i feel like that's really changing you know our eyes and what we yeah. what we see is okay or, or what we notice i think what we really really need is more female writers mm. of a certain age Those stories you can't expect a 23 year old young man to write about the menopause you know yeah, it's just not yeah. in his <laughs> not in his remit is it you've got to have You've, you've got to get more of us on board. Yeah, women's basically. experiences. But I've been noticing this when I look at the credits on Netflix shows. They are written, produced and directed by women. Yeah. The number of female producers now is fantastic yeah. Yeah. Uh, and on the rise. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. come on, ladies. Especially those stories. <laughs> um, but you write. I do fun. write. Yes. So, wh what's your... What do you write for? Where does your medium I, then I, manifest? I write a lot for audio. I have mm. written for stage, co-written mm. with um, Nigel Fares, mm. my writing partner. Um, and I write a lot for audio, Big Finish in particular. When you say audio, do you mean podcasts? Do you mean, you know, Download. stories for radio? Download. And they sometimes find their way onto Radio 4 Extra. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
and we also do a, a lot of um, Doctor Who in the series and they they come out as um, CDs for mm. the autograph collectors and then they go to download. And uh, recently, a series I'm really proud of, I've, I've devised a series about World War II female pilots called Atta Girl, ATA Girl, mm. available on download. It's a little <laughs> advert. And I did not know that there were female pilots in exactly. World War II. Exactly, unsung heroines. A marvellous woman called Pauline Gower got a group of eight women together and persuaded the government that they were just as capable of flying planes as the men were. And they ended up delivering them to the front line wow. without uh, radar, without lights, sometimes without ever had it. Uh, having any instruction on how to fly that particular plane. Incredibly dangerous wow. job. Amy Johnson was one of them. She mm. she actually died as an utter girl. Crash landed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the stories are fantastic. We've just been commissioned to write another two, so... How did Fabulous. you learn about it? How did you come across that? A, a friend of mine um, told me about it literally about 20 years ago, just told me about these women. And I've been sitting on it and I've touted it around <laughs> and I've thought, I wonder it make a good TV series it would if make there's an any amazing TV amazing series. Female producer out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Film. Yes. Yeah. One, if it was a group of eight men that had done something interesting, yeah. it would be well, a Hollywood movie yeah. right yeah. now. So I think we can get the same thing going and all in terms these, of film. all these women were between 18 and 26. I mean, they were girls, wow. yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And Pauline Gower, who headed it, sadly died at 36, giving birth to twins. Mm. So uh, probably wouldn't have with, mm. you know, all the medical stuff we mm. have today. But hers is the story I'm most interested mm. in, yeah. You've Love done it. so much across your career. What else do you still want to do? What's still on the checklist? <laughs> <laughs> uh I'd love to do a great, big, major, wonderful movie. Yeah. Um, About female pilots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could, it could be me recalling it all, couldn't yeah. it? it could yeah. be, I could be like the chorus figure. Um, and I would love... I would love to... I would love to direct uh, camera for camera. I've directed on stage, for stage. I would love to direct for camera, so we'll see. One of the things that I think is just fantastic talking to you is your clear love for this profession that you yeah. have been in for you know, nearly all of your life, really. Well, they say prostitution is the oldest <laughs> profession, but, I, you know, storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, true. I think it is, and it... Yeah. And it I, and I'm I'm delighted my sons have gone into jobs, you know, when they were growing up, you know, what, what are you going to do? And I, I didn't mind as long as it wasn't something that was only motivated by money. I think if you're only, I mean, it's always an added blessing, isn't it? Mm. A bit of cash in the bank. But if you can do something that somehow gives back into the society that is giving to you, then, then it makes, I mean, we're only here once, aren't we? Mm. Just got to live it. Live it. I was terribly ill over Christmas and there was one, I mean, really very, very ill. And there was one night I went to bed and I, I wasn't sure if I was going to wake up. I was wow. that poorly, probably being dramatic, being a <laughs> drama queen. But there was a bit of me that thought, oh, well, job done, lived that, really lived that. And that, you know, it's the profession that's enabled me to do that. Louise, thank you so much for My coming pleasure. in and joining thank us. You. Louise Jameson, she's in Vincent River, literally on at the Trafalgar Studios <laughs> right Til now. Till June 22nd. Till June 22nd. Thank you so much thank for joining you. us. One, two, three, four!
This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 